0: Yeah, see CMD the Farris.
1: What up? Yo, yo, Bell Swedenburg. Easy brands on the beat. What? what? Let's go. Uh-huh. Y'all ready for this shit? Check it. Yo. Guys, welcome to the PF Artist Live title. The only thing that matters is progress. Today I'm joined by Jassy Jackson. Jackson, you have A master's degree in science and psychology over 15 years of leadership experience and your main purpose now is to shed light on people's paths on what they can do and how they can stop you know experiencing so much anxiety and stress and just really figure out what it is that they want to do yep absolutely thank you thank you so what um what gets you started in psychology Like I know for myself, it's just something that lurks, but I always like to hear other people's, how they, you know, discover psychology.
0: Yeah. You know, that's a great question because for a long time I resisted that path. Um, I felt like it was too easy because I was really interested in other people's behaviors and kind of the why, like why people Mm -hmm. did things why, um, people chose certain paths, um, why we get depressed and all that good stuff. And so for a long time I was resisting it. and I was an art history major and a music major and, um, all these other majors. And I finally started listening to myself and started really going in and figuring out like, no, this is truly what I love. I love empowering others with that knowledge and really kind of understanding what, <laughs> how we operate.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at what, what point were you like, you know, I'm, I am just graduated high school. Let me go into college and really just get this, uh, get this going. Like, I yeah. know I to figure out where people mix ticks, but like, I mean, that, that requires like a certain degree of uh, commitment to get a master's in psychology.
0: Yeah, so I it took me a really long time to complete my bachelor's on its own because I kept switching my major. I just was listening to everyone else's opinion and what mm-hmm. I thought I should be in this world and how I should show up. And when I finally started listening to myself, I think I was like 25, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. And I didn't finish my bachelor's until I was um 30. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was already really much ingrained in the corporate world. I was really successful in climbing that corporate ladder and I had gotten married and I was looking around and I was still just sobbing into work. I was so tired and depressed and I didn't understand because I had checked off all the boxes. I had my bachelor's, I got married. I had a a wonderful home. I had great friends. And so there was no real quote unquote reason to be sad, but yet I was. And I think that the number one thing that most people do when they're at a crossroads like that, like what's next? What should I do next? Most people choose to go back to school. And so that's what I did. And the entire time I went back for my master's, I went even deeper into the depression. I mean, I finished it because I have this tenacity and this determination. Um, But really after I finished it was when I started to really dig into who I really was and how I wanted to show up in the world, not taking the definition of what other people were telling me, like my parents, my husband, my friends, but really looking in and figuring out who I was.
1: Mm. So, Like that just sounds like a kind of like a mind screw because here you are, you like, you know, all this psychology, but then again, you're like, you're going down the spiral of, you know, being depressed. Like I'm not happy. What do I do? What is, what is the psychology aspect of that teach you?
0: I think really when it came down to it, even though I was in therapy for a really long time, I, I, I've been in therapy since I was 18. Um, And I was really kind of digging into like what the psychology of all this was. The answer really was like, you're just not listening to your inner self. You're not, you're, you're taking things at face value and really listening to what society has to say. So there was like this dissonance, if you will, of this is everything you should be doing. And so let's check all those boxes off. But really what, what was missing is this kind of mystical kind of part of myself, which that's kind of where the Reiki and the shamanic practices came in. Um, which is great that I have all the psychology background because I understand how we operate Mm -hmm. in the world and what society expects of us. And I even experienced a lot of that, a lot of the pain and suffering. But really what came, what came back is I wasn't honoring myself and Part of that was also, I didn't understand boundaries the way that I understand them today, and so I was really letting others dictate my every decision in life.
1: Mm. Mm. So almost like you were just ignoring your conscience, like what it's telling you, and then Mm -hmm. just going, like, I don't necessarily like that term, going with the flow, but like... (laughs) Letting other people decide for you, not having a voice in your own life.
0: Yeah. It's like, oh, this is what everyone thinks I should be doing or the right thing to do based on whoever's definition is what the right thing to do is, right? I wasn't really honoring what my needs were.
1: Mm. So at what point were you like, all right, this this can't just work anymore. I can't do this anymore. At what point yeah. did you discover, like, all right, the consciousness here, I'm listening to it, I'm putting the foot down, I'm getting, I'm taking my life back.
0: Yeah, there really isn't like one big aha moment or one big event that was like, no, this, this is no longer going to happen. It kind of all happened gradually, mm-hmm. but I would say I think that the major thing that happened was I had a, a nervous breakdown. Um, and it was at an unexpected time, of course, and I needed to figure out a different way because I had been in therapy for so long and I was doing all of the things and I just felt like, oh, I, I need to try something new. Mm-hmm. And it happens that two weeks before that happened, somebody randomly came up to me in the office and decided to share their story with me. And they literally said, I don't know why I feel like I need to share this with you, but I think you'd be interested in this. And they shared their story of how they went to rehab and in the rehab center, they had a Reiki person treat uh, people with alcoholism um, as one of the treatments. And I'm just looking at this person like, I don't know about this, like that sounds really woo-woo and not really? in
1: I got a psychology masters here, but yes. you're telling me it just don't make no sense.
0: It doesn't make any sense, right? And then about two, about two weeks later, I had that nervous breakdown and I was like, okay, I am willing to try anything. So I think it was like this. Uh, crossroads of like, there is nothing left here. Like you got to do something different because otherwise that's like the pure definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. And so I ended up asking this person for their Reiki person and they happen to be three minutes from my house. And I was like, okay, it can't be easier than that. Mm -hmm. And my first session was just this alignment with my inner self. I saw like colors behind my eyes. I felt this peace and overwhelming sense of like harmony and like this, I should explore this more. And that really, I think it took about four years all in all, because then that opened up the door to what else am I missing out on? Because I have this like picture of what's right and what's wrong and just kind of exploring that and really starting to listen to my inner self, taking courses on intuition and taking, you know, courses on Reiki and opening up that channel and really looking at plant and herbs and how I can heal myself with that. And I think it was just this gradual kind of um event that happened in really understanding like Oh, I'm, I have all these limiting beliefs because I'm programmed in a certain way from school and friends and family that these are all the things and how I should live my life. But really, how do I want to live my life? And then social media and, uh, you know, mainstream media came out with like boundaries, boundaries, boundaries. And I'm like, but what does that mean? And really went down a huge rabbit hole. Now the word I think is trauma trauma this and trauma that and just diving deep in like, okay, those are words, but what is what does it really mean and how does how does it what does it mean to me? Mm-hmm. And so really kind of getting to know myself and re-educating myself and letting go of the shoulds and you know the sh- the checklist basically I literally at some point threw away my to-do list. I was like, I don't need this anymore. <laughs> so I really changed who I was and kind of morphed into, who I am today.
1: Mm, you know, what are, what's How do you go about your day now? Because I know I operate from like not necessarily an exact to-do list, but I have a list of things that I know I have to get done. Otherwise, yeah. I, I go nuts.
0: Yeah, that's so- exactly how I operate as well. Before it was like, oh, these are all the things that need to to happen. So I threw that away. And now like, if I have a meeting or a podcast um, interview, you know, those are on my calendar and those are things I have to show up to. So I'm still pretty much in that realm of like responsibility and showing up and honoring people's times. But I don't necessarily have things like I need to do the dishes and I need to go to the, the clean. like, I will get up and I will do my meditation. I will, Think about like, what are, what do I, what do I need for today? Mm. And so today, for example, is going to be a self-care day after this podcast. I'm going to have an alignment done. I'm probably going to go into the hot tub Mm. and just really kind of take care of me because I know that the week ahead, I am full, I am booked up with people coming to me to see me for Reiki's and alignments. And so in order to show up for them, I need to fill my cup up first.
1: Hmm. So almost like you still have your things that need you need to get done to move you in you know, life and business and all that. But the little nuances of really means nothing like the dishes. Like, you know, if you don't do the dishes, you're not a disciplined person.
0: Yeah, uh, I think. You know what's so funny about that? Like, I do love a clean home, but they'll get done. Like, right? Some, somehow, some way, like I will feel like the need to like just do them or whatever the case may be. They just they just don't sit there, right? Like, I don't know, like those little nuances that I used to want to control. That mm. was the th- that was the thing about me. Like, I needed to control everything and everyone, in some way, somehow. And just letting go of that um, was really hard. I'm not going to lie. But it has really changed things and has changed my perspective in a way like everything will happen in divine timing. And if it doesn't happen, then maybe it wasn't meant to be.
1: Mm, I like that. So at what point were you like, All right, I'm going to just do this full time. Like this is this is it. Like I, I enjoy helping people more than I ever did with uh, cl- being in the corporate world, all of this stuff, just total being a Reiki.
0: Yeah, I think that time still needs to come. I'm still in the corporate world. Um, okay. However, I'm not as intense as I used to be. Um, and I think that I've changed my energy so much that there is so much space for the Reiki and the shamanic um, work that I do, um, I definitely love both tech and the corporate world still because it kind of leaves my foot in um, to understand people that come from that space. I, a lot of my clients are from the tech world or or the corporate world, and I'm able to still connect with that because I'm still kind of embedded in it. Mm-hmm. However, I am transitioning out in a way where my a lot of my focus is now on the Reiki and empowering others. And so I'm starting to kind of lean more towards um, that work.
1: Mm, love it. What kind of, how have you noticed you're, you're bringing a different energy to like success in business and just your overall? daily um, conversations with people or just interactions.
0: It's so interesting because I used to always hear spiritual teachers say, you know, once you change yourself, once you focus on yourself, all of your relations, everybody that's linked to you also change. And I never really understood that until it was actually happening for me.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: once threw out my to-do list and once I started to ease up and change my energy and change who I was and how I was operating on a day-to-day basis. It went from an organization of like, go, 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 everything needs to be done like yesterday to a little bit more relaxed, a little bit more like, okay, this is the time to kind of just rest and kind of work on the tech and not be as aggressive with the marketing and all these other things. Like It was like this organization of working 15-hour days, six days a week to like, okay, we're all now doing nine to fives, um, five days a week. And, you know, if there is work, we're going to work. And if there's nothing to do, we're not going to make up work, which has been really refreshing and such a shift in the whole organization. Um, obviously when the industry picks back up, cause I'm in blockchain right now, we're, Mm. we're kind of in a bear market, if you will, we're going to have the bull run again. It's going to go back up into working a lot more hours and I'm ready for that. But right now it's kind of like this hiatus of like, let's just work on getting ready for the next big thing and not necessarily like what most organizations do, which is like, we have to stay busy 24 seven. And so I really appreciate that about, the changes that I've made and how that's trickled down into the organization as well.
1: Mm. Would you say that's like made you a far more effective leader? You know, where people don't have to be so tense around you?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. And it's, it was so interesting to see how programmed people are. And I would ask questions like, wait, what, why are we doing this? Is this necessary? Or what's what's the outcomes like there we need to put things down we need to we need to just work on the things that is actually giving us the big bang for our buck buck and if there's nothing right now then that's okay this is the time to innovate and the time to think about new ways to experiment and um get ready for the next bull run
1: mm, love it are you able to see other people's energies like how tense they are or not in alignment they are with uh, their chakras
0: I do feel like once you've seen it and recognize that you can't unsee it so I can definitely um understand which blockages are are blocked based on people's vernacular how they speak about themselves how they speak about mm. the world what they're actually like, you know, a lot of the conversations out in society is like, what are you watching these days um on TV, right? And just by the mere glimpse of what they spend their time on content-wise, it's really interesting to kind of see that energy. I can also – because I'm so well-versed on boundaries and some of the psychology stuff, I can definitely see where people might – uh be empowered through a little bit of training or a little bit of a different perspective on different things. Um, I never outright tell them because, you know, unless they ask or they come to me specifically for an appointment, that's not my place. But I do find it really interesting when I'm out and about in the world, meeting new people or even existing friends and family um, and kind of seeing where they're at. And I try to meet them where they're at.
1: Mm, gotcha. Now, what, um, what are some boundaries that a lot of people just overlook that they could just implement just one or two that would help them align themselves more with, you know, less anxiety, less stress?
0: Yeah. One of the things that I like to say about boundaries, boundaries have a, a couple of different, um, definitions, but the definition that I love the most because I think it hits the nail on the head is boundaries are taking space to take care of yourself. And one of the ways that that shows up is by communicating your needs and not automatically saying yes to everything, because we think that that's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um Taking a step back and like going inward and figuring out like, is this something that I, Actually want to do, like, is this something that I even have time for? Like, gosh, I just signed up to like bring that casserole in for like Friday, you know, um, I want to say bake sale, but that's not a potluck, right? Mm -hmm. Friday potluck. Like, I don't even have time for that. Why did I say yes to that type of thing? And then actually overextending yourself for that kind of thing. It's like really becoming a professional in self care. Um, that's what I like to tell people I am. I'm like a professional in self-care because the most successful people that I see out in the world, they put themselves first and that might sound really selfish and it feels really off when you first start doing that, but experimenting with it, um, like I've done in the last two, three years, things will fall into place and it feels so much better and you're able to show up for people and lessen your anxiety, by honoring mm. yourself and what you need.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, just for myself, you know, just to take that a step further to really explain to people w- with self-care, it's like, you know, the the analogy with the plane, you know, you got to put your mask on first before you can help somebody else. Yeah. You know, for me, I got to wake up earlier than most people would, especially now that my daughter's, you know, not in school until the summer break ends. To get all my things done that I need to get done. So that way I can show up when she wakes up so much better. No, no anxiety, no worries. And I'm just able to be a father, be present with her without not thinking what I have to do next.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. It just, it gets, it gets so lost in, you know, in these buzzwords that quote, not you, you've said, but I'll just say it like the, you know, the boundaries, the trauma. It's become more buzzwords than what people actually know to be the truth.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny because when I first heard it, I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I need. I need boundaries. And I'm just like, but how? What does that mean? <laughs>
1: right. Exactly. And then most people you hear like, oh, boundaries. I'm like, dude, cool. Do you even know what that means? <laughs> now, one, what, um, what would you say for somebody that does need to establish boundaries that does not like how people talk to them. Like that's, yeah. that's one thing I I find big with people.
0: It is, yeah, it's a huge one. Um I think that the first thing is like recognizing it. Um, right, because I think that it really depends. Some people I see when I ask them about it, like, why didn't you speak up? Um, they're either avoiding conflict or mm. they feel like, oh, it's not, it's not nice or it's the way they've been raised. Like, that's the one, one thing I always hear. Like, I've been raised to dot, dot, dot. Yeah. And so I think a lot of that is unlearning some of that. Um, if you're willing to, because some people are just so ingrained in that programming. And I'm not saying that that's the right thing for everyone, but that's one option, right? Like there are different ways to show up and still honor the way that you've been raised because really boundaries is about communicating your needs in a way that it's not judgmental. I think that it turn, takes a different turn when we're thinking that it's, you know, bad intent or we're gossiping about it or there is where judging the other person for the way that they are speaking to us, right? But if we're just communicating the facts, like uh, I'll give you a very concrete example, actually. So a few months ago, my husband had lost like 50 pounds and he was really trying to get me to eat healthier and eat the stuff that he was eating. And I wasn't about it. I was just like, I'm on my own thing. I need my chips and I need my carbs. Like, There's no way we're going to eat salad every single day. And one day I was like, I really want some blue corn chips. And he said something like, oh, no, I said for Lent, I am going to, I'm not really practicing Catholic, but I still do the Lent thing because I want to, I want to detox or whatever. And so I said for Lent, I want to really, um, stop, Watching television. And that happens to be the way that we spend time together. We watch mm. a show at night. Mm. And he said something like, Oh, I wish you, you would give up, you know, junk food. And that really like, that really hurt me in my, in, in my soul. I think like what? Like how dare you tell me how to eat type of thing? But I didn't say anything. And normally I wouldn't have. And he went off to the store and he came back. And I I said, you know, I said, I appreciate your that you want me to be healthier and all these things. But the truth is that that's not up to you. This is my body. And this is the way that I want to operate in the world right now. And I am going to give up television because that is that is something that I feel called to do. And I am going to continue eat to eat the way that I want to eat. And that kind of just like stopped him in his track and was like, I apologize for telling you how to, you know, treat yourself and how and what to eat like that won't ever happen again. And it hasn't happened since. Um, But I felt really proud of myself for explaining to him what my needs were and actually said it setting that boundary. And it's so funny because after I stopped watching television, I did for 50 days actually. And afterwards I was like, okay, like I'm ready to now eat healthier and,
1: Ooh. you know, Ooh. do
0: something different with the way that I eat. Um, and it didn't come from him. It came from me because of the way that it, I felt once I detoxed the type of content that I was seeing via television and social. Cause I gave up both um, because it didn't make sense to give up one and not the other. So right. I gave up both for um, 50 days. And it really changed uh, my perspective on a lot of things.
1: Hmm. What do you, what do you think the, uh, or how much do you think it had an impact on you that he just stopped pressuring you to do that? And he just, you know, like, Hey, whenever, if you want to do it fine, if not, okay. His attitude towards that had an effect on you.
0: I think it was huge because it really was my decision. It felt like it was my decision, even though it was his desire. Right. Um, it just like somebody telling me what to do just does not land well.
1: (laughs) As with anybody.
0: (laughs) Right. And so I don't know, like it just opened it up for me. And just watching him in the way that he, he stopped drinking, he stopped, you know, eating a lot, whole lot of carbs, he just ate healthier. And um it was it made it easier for me to transition as well. Like I did it little by little. And then eventually, we were just kind of eating the same stuff. And so I think having him already be that example, I think had it been the other way around, it would have been a little bit harder. Um, because he's the main cook in the house. And, um, you know, we were still eating a lot of rice last year and a lot of bread with our meals and he cut all of that out and I would still make myself rice or whatever or pasta or whatever the case may be. Um, and then eventually just weaned off of it.
1: Mm, mm. I'm glad you guys' energies aligned in that way. Yeah. How, how much, how much better do you think that's been on your marriage? Like now that, uh, or do you think he's learned a better question? Do you think he's learned anything from that? Like whenever people pressure people, it just pushes them further and further away.
0: I don't know that he's learned anything. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do it. So I think, I don't know that it's conscious is what I'm trying to say. I don't know that it's a conscious thing. I think that um, having that conversation and just expressing my needs definitely, um, hits home with him. Mm -hmm. I think also like years ago, um, so when his dad had passed, he was like in this really melancholy, really depressive, everything sucked, everybody sucks type of situation. And he would come home from work and it would just like bring everything down. And so I really, There were times where I would like try to encourage him to go make friends. And, you know, I was doing the whole thing where I was trying to change him. Mm. And I, this realization, I think it was through one of my spiritual teachers. I made this realization where it's like, I need to change myself. And so what I started to do, I started to fill up my energy so big and so high. And when he would come home, because naturally what we do as human beings from on a psychological level is when we enter a room, we tend to match that, that room's energy. So if we go to a party oh. and it's like up there and we're down here, like we naturally come up here. And if you rent, enter a room Ooh. full of people, if you're down here and you're up here, you try to match their energy. And so knowing that it's like, okay, I'm going to fill my energy so big. There's no room for anybody else's energy. And so he would come home, he would be down here and I would be up here and it would do something like this where we would kind of meet in the middle. And I was very conscious of it. So I was grounding myself. I was centering myself. Oh. I was regulating my nervous system. And pretty soon, like he was just staying up here. And then all of a sudden he was out making new golf buddies. And, um, you know, they were kind of, kind of changing his energy as well. And so I was just focusing on myself, healing myself, changing the parts of me that was kind of inspiring some of that energy to come through. And I had made made a decision that I wasn't going to be anybody's savior anymore, that I wasn't going to be anybody's therapist anymore. And that really changed a lot of my relationships, including my relationship with my husband. And I think that that's the key for a lot of us. Like once we decide to change our energy and ourselves, and make these lasting changes. You're going to start to see that ripple out onto all of your relations.
1: That's beautiful. Now, I obviously, you know you can connect the dots and see how they say you are the sum of five friends that you hang around because you know you're going to match their energy. Now, here's a, an important question: How do you keep your energy high when you're in the same room as somebody that's on a lower energy? How do you do that?
0: Yeah, so I do what is called a lot of cord cutting. So what happens is we all form cords with people like that. We meet strangers, Mm -hmm. acquaintances, and those cords get fortified. The more and more you bond, the more and more you're around each other. And so I started to really understand what I feel like versus what other people feel like. And what I learned about myself is that I take on people's energy. I try to uh, take on people's problems. I want to just remove people's problems, right? And make mm-hmm. them my own type of thing um, so that it eases their burden. And that was the wrong mm-hmm. thing to do for me. Um, so what I do is I let it pass through me. But also every morning when I ground, I feel my energy so big and I also release all the cords, including the cord with my husband. So I just imagine these cords going out into the world, my parents, my siblings, my friends, my family, my husband. And I, um, I just cut the cords every single day. And what I do is I bring in all of my power. I call back all of my power, all of the energy I've left out in the world, all the energy I've put into people, all the energy that I've left in places and spaces. I call it back home to me. And what happens is you start to notice what your energy really feels like. Once you disconnect from everybody and you mm-hmm. fill yourself up with your own energy including inside of your aura and it's so filled up, you get to experience that for a few minutes every single day and then you get to you start to notice when other people's energy is coming in, when you're picking up yes. other people's stuff. And you get really good and really clear on what that feels like. And it just takes practice, right? And so when you're with friends, um, you're going to start to feel that and you start to really consciously maintain your high vibes and you stop automatically doing the matching the energy. You start to really keep your energy full and complete. Mm. And then the thing that happens is the people that don't like that energy, the people that aren't wanting to evolve and transform and up level with you, they're just going to fall away. Like there were so many friends when I, I started this journey and even this year, so many, even healers that have been with me for years that have fallen away because they are just not ready to come up to the next level or to transform. And, um and that's okay. Like they're on their own journey and um you know, I do really do believe that people are here for a season and for a reason, and to teach you something about yourself, mm. and it's okay that they're not going to be lifelong um, friends or acquaintances.
1: Mm. Love that. Have you noticed like almost like a magnetic field, but the opposite, you know, when you put two, I believe it's two um, of the same ends, they repel each other. I mean, I could be butchering it. I have no idea. No, I get but, it. You yeah. know, have you ever felt that? Like you're in, you know, let's say you've done all these things, your energy is high and you enter in the room and you can already feel somebody's negative energy. And it's almost like you're repelled, like you have to exit the room or they, you want them to exit the room.
0: Yeah, I have. Um And usually what I have to go in and do is kind of just like, go into my inner knowing, um, because I'm mostly claire cognizant. So I have like this inner knowing, I just have to trust myself and like, okay, what, what is the reason why I'm, I'm feeling this? Is it, is it their energy? Is it how they feel? Um, because it might be that they're in like high anxiety and they just want to go home type of thing or, is it that there really is danger or is what what is it type of thing? So I have to kind of suss that out. And I really just need to go in and listen to my intuition and just basically never betray my gut. Mm. Um, so just kind of on a case-by-case basis. And I really just try to ask those questions internally and kind of figure it out. And if it's, for example, that, you know, the reason why I just want to... <laughs> run screaming out of this room um because somebody else is feeling that way. Then I just naturally know that, you know, my high vibes and the way that I'm relating to others is going to put them at ease. Naturally. I don't know. There's something really interesting about me since I was a kid is people are naturally drawn to me because they feel safe mm-hmm. and they, they feel so safe. They are compelled to overshare and tell me their entire, their life story in the first five minutes that they meet me. And so just knowing that about myself and that I'm grounded and that I am a safe space for people, I know that that energy is going to shift um sooner or later, Um, sooner rather than later. But I have been in situations where it's like, oh, this person doesn't have like the greatest intention. And they're just like living in this like, self-deprecation, wanting to harm other people type, type of thing. And that's when I really just, I know that I'm not going to make a difference there. And so that's really when I just kind of set my boundaries and either make the decision to leave or make the decision not to interact.
1: Mm. What do you mean within the first my minutes that your energy is going to shift? Like they're going to take some of your energy or. Um,
0: uh, I think, uh, what I was referring to, like the first five minutes they're going to share, um, share, overshare, or share their story. Right. Um, but what I mean that their energy is going to shift, like once people get really comfortable and they feel seen, they feel heard, they feel safe. I think safe and like, cause what happens is when I have a regulated, um, nervous system, when I'm fully, uh, in executive brain and, um, my nervous system is, uh, in the parasympathetic mode that automatically triggers that in other people. So like if you're in fight or flight mode for whatever reason, um, right. Or in freeze mode, if you see me kind of put my hand on my chest and you, you're feeling my, my groundedness, you you feel safe with me your nervous system is going to try to mirror mine and so Mm. people automatically feel the safety and this like innate sense of like okay like we're good like and you start to come out of that fight or flight mode
1: Mm. and this is the spirituality of things which i don't know and a little bit of
0: And a little bit of science too, right? Because I'm talking about the vagus nerve and I'm talking about how your physiology works and how Mm. it parodies um, within others.
1: Mm. Mm. I love that. I do have one question that you, it's almost like a buzzword too while I'm going down that that you had mentioned like a little bit before how you had Mm -hmm. to unlearn certain things. How do you unlearn something? Cause I've seen that pop up so many times, but it's like, how exactly do you unlearn something?
0: Yeah. I had that question for the longest time. Like, okay, I know I have these limiting beliefs. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what, how, where do I start? Right. And I think that as soon as I started asking that question, random memories started coming up and it's like, Oh, that's a thing. Like maybe that's where I get my shyness from. Maybe that's why I don't want to outshine anybody because I'm a Leo and people never peg me as a Leo and it's because I'm always trying to dim my light. And so that was one of my, the things that I needed to unlearn like reasons why I needed to dim my light. And so I feel like as soon as you start asking that question, you'll start getting these like glimpses of memories and things like, Oh, is that a thing? So I think it's about being mindful and really understanding, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I just said this one thing, like, I wonder if there's a different perspective on that type of situation. And the deeper and deeper I got into these things, like, okay, what else do I need to unlearn? And it just kind of would pop up while I'm doing the dishes or driving or whatever, right? Like doing normal things, like, oh, I wonder what that's about, and just exploring it. And also taking lessons from other people, like, Oh, a lot of the times when you're asking these questions about yourself or wanting to learn something, like, for example, anytime I've, I've asked for like, I really want to be patient. I just want to be this patient person. The universe will tend to bring that to you in opportunities to be patient. Right. And it's like, wait a second. This is the opposite of what I asked for. No, actually, this is actually the, the exact opportunity to learn that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I think once you bring that into your consciousness that there are things and that there are different perspectives out there in new ways that you can look at different things um and asking for those opportunities they will pop up and the the key is to like recognize and then start to really continue to inquire and unravel because it's not going to be this like big thing where it's like oh aha like i make myself really small. And I tend to like give the light to everybody and that's the right thing to do. Like that wasn't an aha moment for me and knowing that, but there was like this very specific memory that came up. It's like, Oh, that's, that's how I learned that limiting belief Mm. and just wanting to unravel that and then taking the opportunity to be like, okay, I'm ready to show up on podcasts. I'm ready to like really shine my light and, you know, be in this world in a different way.
1: Mm, it is funny how that the universe does work. It mm-hmm. always, always give you something that you don't expect or think it's the complete opposite when it's exactly, exactly what you need. Some sort of lesson, yeah. something. It's funny.
0: Yeah. And I think also what I learned with that is I could still ask for patience, um uh, but now i include my intentions include um i would like to learn patience with ease and grace mm. and it softens those opportunities definitely soften they don't come in like hot <laughs> the, the way they used to like somebody in, getting enraged or um you know having all of these crazy opportunities to practice patience but Maybe it's like a conversation that I'm having with someone where I can show my patience and compassion. So now with everything that I want to learn that's new, I ask for it with ease and grace.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes. I have found that to be so like more effective, just, you know, being a father is if you're able to just keep your cool and just being able to relax diagnose the problem ask just a question as to what's going on way better than just you know that's it we're not doing this anymore yada 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 (laughs) it's it's so it because like i'm disconnecting from that relationship i'm not building any sort of trust any sort of problem solving i'm just showing that i'm getting heated and oh very and then that just puts her in a fearful fearful state of every Mm -hmm. time she messes up or not messes up We'll spill something. She's like, Oh, she'll panic, like fear, like yeah. that someone's going to get angry. It's just being calm, cool, and collected is the best way to go about mostly everything. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that uh, you talk big about is the actual, echo, the echoes of ancient wisdom. Can you talk a little bit about that?
0: Um, remind me, let me, let me look at my notes really quick. Uh, was there anything else after after that little blurb?
1: Mm. I, I don't know. I I don't remember, but I do know it's um ancient w- with spirituality. It's, it's
0: oh yeah yeah yeah. I got it. Um, so I apologize. No, uh, you're good. So I like to not just use my wisdom in what I've learned here on psychology and just science and, you know, the way that we operate in the world today, like in 2023, I like to bring in things that my ancestors practiced um, I think that we're so far removed from those practices in terms, you know, I talked a little bit about grounding and the nervous system and a lot of the ways that my ancestors and really all of our ancestors at some point uh, used to be in community is so far removed from the way that we are in community. If you really think about it, the way that we're in community these days is through social media. Mm-hmm. We. And I really don't think that we've come out of like COVID in a, in a way to reconnect physically either. Um, you know, yeah, we might go to concerts. We might go to festivals or whatever the case may be, but we're not really doing like these ancient ceremonies anymore. We're not putting our bare feet on Mother Earth anymore. We're not working together in community to like hunt and gather and, and all of these things that we used to do. And so I like to bring in some of that ancient wisdom in terms of teaching people and empowering people how to ground, how to connect with mother nature, how to connect with community. You know, I do these things that are called like moon circles and uh ceremonies to be able to connect with each other. Um And be in a state of um i'm gonna i'm gonna go back a little bit on on the science part like we're so much in a beta brainwave state like we're all in beta all the time um usually if we're like scrolling through instagram we're probably in alpha because we're kind of in this relaxed state but we're still alert. But we're in constant beta. And so what I like to do in these ceremonies and bringing in this ancient wisdom is I like to take people into the theta state. And the theta state is really where miracles happen. It's really Mm. where we're at When we're, when we go deep into meditation, when we go to that place, when we feel like we actually did it, we were, we were actually meditating and sometimes we fall asleep because what comes right after theta, it's delta. So that's the sleep state. Um, but if, if we are able to stay in that theta state for a long period of time, that's really where, uh, miracles do happen. And the longer we're in that state, the more connected we are with each other, the more connected we are with, the divine. And so teaching people how to do that through meditation and breath work and the ceremonies that I do, I really like to bring in that ancient wisdom, which is a lot of like the ceremonies and the um, rituals that our ancestors used to do way back then.
1: Hmm. And this works for people that um, are just at home and they're super stressed out. They can practice some of this, uh, what you're telling me here. And just yeah. and get them connected to the universe answers and just their overall basic, bringing their physiology down to like just homeostasis and being able to be okay.
0: Absolutely. I mean, one of the easiest way to do that mm-hmm. is as soon as you wake up, instead of going for your phone and scrolling. Mm. Cause right there you're taking yourself out of Theta because as soon as you wake up, you're still in theta mode for a few moments. Okay. And if you're reaching for that phone, you're going straight into beta. And mm. then it's your entire day, right? So the mm. easiest way and the right. that I like to tell people is as soon as you wake up, just taking a few moments to just picture what your day is going to be like and making that a positive emotion, right? My day is oh. going to go perfectly. It, it There is not going to be any stress. You know, I, you know, I am going to have really firm and healthy boundaries. Um, we're going to stay in this vibe all day long. That's the easiest way. The other thing that you can, you might want to do is maybe review your dreams. Like, what did you dream just now? Like, that's a great way to kind of hold on to the dream for a little bit. As soon as you open your eyes, like, whoa, that was, that was a crazy dream. Like, let me just take a few moments to just review and feel into what that feels like or what that means to me Mm -hmm. type of thing. And that's a great way to increase your intuition as well to just take note of your dreams. Um, but taking about five to ten minutes before you reach for that phone, hmm. that's a really great way to stay in theta for a few moments and really start off your day on a positive note.
1: Hmm. And so with all that, you start attracting all this abundance into your life. No yeah. kidding. I'm guilty as charged for waking up, having to reach for that phone, like having to do something business wise because it just has never leave me. But that's something that. I'm going to have to do like I try, I do definitely practice five to 10 minutes of uh, silence of just sitting by myself after when I wake up. But I think that's the disconnect that I have for myself is when I wake up, I have to reach for that phone. Mm. Or the, the phone goes off. I have to hit that the off button.
0: And it's a habit because when I first started doing it, I would reach for it. And it's like, wait a second. So there will be times where you will reach for it. And it's like, oh, I didn't do the thing. But it's okay. As long as you remember and you try it again the next day, it will eventually become a habit. Um, And then eventually I graduated to like, okay, I don't even take my phone into the bathroom anymore. Um, You know, that's the place where like you just zen out. Mm. Um you know, like having these moments of like being cognizant of when you're on your phone all the time. And it's like, okay, this is an activity that I can, I can, you know, leave my phone and then come back to it. And gradually I started to see myself like being on the phone less and less and everything just kind of works out. Like I will see the message when I see the message. What's the difference between seeing it now and maybe 20 minutes from now, like if it's a real, if it's a real emergency, somebody's going to pick up the phone and call me right. type of situation. So, um, just easing my nervous system into and my, my brain into like, it's, it's okay. Like it's okay to take this time for myself. It's okay to be in absolute silence for, you know, five, 10 minutes before I resume my day.
1: Now, does if the, uh, if you set your alarm for, you know, on your phone, does turning that off throw you out of data data state?
0: Not necessarily. I think if you let it go for for a very long time, I'm used to just like um, switching it off right away. I've gotten so good at it that I now wake up probably a minute or two before my alarm goes off.
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that.
0: So I just um, turn it off really quick and just kind of lay there to, review my dream, um, is what I do these days. Um, before I would go to bed with like the affirmation or the thing that I wanted to wake up to, like, Mm -hmm. I am abundant. I am, I am, um, you know, uh, I am, I am, that was one that I used to always do. I am, I am abundant. I am free. I am happy. I am stress-free. And so I would go to bed with that. And then when I would wake up, those were the words that I was waking up to. Um, so it was really interesting to kind of see. You,
1: you used it, to, you don't do that anymore.
0: Um, now I just review my dream like, whoa, that was a really crazy dream. And sometimes, um, I have to write it down because I, I feel it slipping away. Like, okay, there was like a green car and so and so was there. And this was the weather, what the weather was like. And I'll write down if I've seen the place before, I've seen the people before, how many people were there type of thing. Because I find that when you write your dreams down, that really helps with like uh, recall. And it also helps with um, intuition. It helps increase your intuition.
1: Really? Yeah. Wow. I did not know that. So what what's, um, have you found any of these practices to help you make more money? Because I know that's like a big thing that people are always, going to want to know like how does this make me more money instead of how does it align me to be more at peace
0: yeah so that's interesting you say that more money does not necessarily equal more peace right Right. um however i will say since starting these practices i probably tripled my income Mm. not all at one time you know um Shifting my energy, shifting, um, the way that I think about abundance, the way that I think about money. And it always doesn't come in money form. A lot of the times, like I get gifts or like, Oh, I really need, you know, I don't know, this type of oil. And all of a sudden a friend will be giving, gifting me that type of oil. And, you know, I don't necessarily expect it to happen every single time, but I know that I'll be taken care of one way or the other. But I will say that my income has gradually increased. I was able to open up my business. I've been, I've, I see in the moment, it doesn't feel like anything is happening. But when I compare life today versus life a year ago, two years ago, five years ago, mm. wow, has it changed, right? right? Since I've started these practices and how my relationships have changed. And sometimes it feels bad because relationships are falling away or you have friendships break up or whatever the case may be. But when I really look back at it, it's like, okay, that that relationship actually wasn't serving me or I am now making money in a way that I feel happier or I feel it's more in alignment with who I am because maybe a job fell away or something didn't work out that I was really hoping that I'd make a money, a lot of money on, but things kind of work out exactly how they need to be. And I think the key to that is letting go and surrendering. And actually that's even like a major tenant in what I learned in the corporate world. It's like, if something's not working and it's not actually making the revenue that you need it need it to make, You need to drop that idea, even though it's your idea and you're in love with it and you really think it's going to work out. It hasn't worked out for the whole year. So you need to really learn how to drop that and let it go and come up with a new experiment, come up with something new that fills your soul and fills the data that you've collected type of thing. So I would say that, yes, it has increased abundance and it has improved my relationships and I feel a lot more at peace it just doesn't happen the way that you think it's going to happen. Um It happens in a gradual way and you got to kind of have to understand when to acknowledge it and when, and consistently have gratitude.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, because that's the other thing that I've learned, like gratitude for everything that you have right now and being in the present moment Instead of living in the past or in the future, which is what a lot of us are in, like we're constantly like thinking about the next thing, um, slowing down just a little bit and honoring the present moment um, is also key to that.
1: Mm, mm. You know, that's which is so much easier said than done. Exactly. <laughs> you know? It's like that's so why I, I, I constantly have to tell people, like, dude, it goes back to that. You got to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. You want to yeah. be in the present moment. got to take care of yourself before you even try to be in the present moment with anybody. Because it just, it doesn't work. I haven't found some another way that hasn't worked.
0: Right. Yeah. And I heard something the other day that really resonated with me, which is like, in order to make lasting change, you actually have to change who you are. Mm really struck a chord with me because I was like, yeah, because I'm a completely different person than I was 10, five years ago. Um, That is so true. And a lot of people aren't ready to change who they are. Like we all, I knew all these things about psychology, like you mentioned before, but yet I was still depressed, right? Because I was doing the same thing over and over and over again and not really making a lasting change. It wasn't until I was like, okay, I am now ready to learn Reiki. I am now ready to try new things and experiment with new modalities. Like everybody goes to the meditation thing first, but maybe meditation is not your thing. Maybe it's Reiki. Maybe it's Qigong. Maybe it's breath work. Maybe it's yoga. Maybe it's not yoga. I know yoga. I really wanted to be into yoga. I really wanted to be a yoga person, not a yoga person at all. But then I learned Qigong and I was like, Qigong is my thing. Right. So it, I always encourage people to draw, try different things because all these things that I'm talking about does bring you back to the present moment. Right. Um, but you can't expect to like get up, go to work, come home, have dinner, watch TV, get up and do the whole same thing over and over and over again. And then expect that coming back into the present moment is just going to magically happen one day. You got to try new things and different things in order to like figure out what really speaks to your soul so that Mm. you're able to be in that present moment.
1: Mm. Mm. I love that. And that's basically what entrepreneurship is in a nutshell. You know, it's all the things you talked about. It's there's no one way fits all. It's always, you're going to, it's not going to show up how you like it. If something's not working, you got to learn to be able to cut it, go move on to something new that does work that works you gotta learn aspects of that and you gotta learn to show up for yourself so it's a whole bunch of stuff in a nutshell and it is it, and it's just that's what makes the journey so fascinating with it is it is
0: part of our evolution and also an opportunity to new learn new skills
1: all the time all the time and one of the things that you just hit um big time with is everybody you know I see so many people like get so frustrated after one year, just, I don't want to do this anymore. Like it's not working and all. I was like, dude, if you look back where you were a year ago from where you are now, you're going to see that you are a million times better than you were. Like you've learned so much insight, so much more.
0: Yeah. A hundred
1: percent. Yeah. And so there's one big thing that I do want to ask you here is how can people align their energies? for their career calling because a lot of people don't know what their career is and they're stuck. And I feel like you can help them with that.
0: Yeah. So there's a few different things that I, um, methods that I use for that. Um, so we, I tend to try to look at their, um, current path and how they got there. Mm Um, I really hone in on their skills. So a lot of people don't even take stock of what their skills are and what they're really good at. Maybe no one told them. Maybe they don't recognize it. Um, a lot of the times, um, we need to increase their self-worth and their self-esteem <clears throat> and just recognize, you know, who they really are. Um, and so I try to, um, I look at their astrology charts. I look at their life path number. I look at their human design. And those are all like guidelines. Like, okay, this is somewhat of who you are and, and what you're made of. Like, now, let's look at the practical side of things and see what do you love to do? And so I try to break up um, things in four categories. Like, what skills do you have and love? What skills do you have and don't love? For example, like I used to be a waitress way back then. I was really good at it. I was really great at customer service. Don't love the service mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, uh, restaurant business, right? So that's definitely on that list. Um, What skills don't you have and want? And what skills don't you have and don't want? And obviously the ones that we're going to... Uh, look at is the skills that you have and love and the skills that you don't have and want. And then we formulate some experiments around like, are there classes? Are there free things out there that you can kind of try and practice and learn some of the skills that you don't have and want and see if that really is what you want. And then we take a look at, um, career paths. We take a look at different, um, networks that you can join. Um, And it's all around experimenting with the different things. So I have this woman who um went on this journey with me and she quit her job. Um, She was actually, ironically, in the restaurant business and she didn't know what she wanted to do next. And after mm-hmm. doing all of these things and really looking at her astrology, looking at her human design, looking at... Um, Her life path, it gave her the confidence that she has all these things. And then we looked at her skills and what she was really into in the moment. And at this moment, she is starting up her, um, she's going to be a midwife or a a doula. Um, And so, which is a long ways from like the restaurant business and project management into owning her own business. And so it was a really beautiful transformation that I saw within her and seeing her taking the classes and, really affirming that that's what she wanted to do, but she didn't get there right off the bat. Like she Mm. tried different things. Like she thought she wanted to be an author or an inventor of some sort. And then she started meeting people all of a sudden that kind of guided her on the path. So just like I was talking about the limiting beliefs where you, once that comes into your consciousness and you're asking these questions, opportunities will pop up. And so it's really about, like, experimenting and doing the work little by little and figuring out what is it that brings me that passion. Now, what I find is a lot of people are hung up on the money and they're hung up on making that living, right? And so for me, the way that – and I was one of those people – the way that I handled that is like, I really love the corporate world and things are really good right now. How can I incorporate my passion? And so what I ended up doing was I stayed in the corporate world, but made my energy so big and so, and made so many shifts that now I'm able to fit the Reiki and empowering and things like that. And now. Now things are shifting and I'm meeting new people that is allowing me to shift into that into that realm a little bit deeper but it's not about quitting your job and following this new path it's about making that transition in a way that you're still earning a living and participating in society but also bringing in your passion and following that new path.
1: Mm, mm. Is there any like clear signs and symptoms that people are experiencing that they are just totally not in line with what they want to do. I mean, they may think that they are where they want to be, but they're not.
0: Yeah. If you're waking up every day in stress and panic and anxiety, um, if things aren't going smoothly at work, you're arguing with everyone, feeling super misunderstood, things just aren't easy um not to say that life should be easy there's definitely stuff that's going to come up but if it's a pattern that is over and over and over again <clears throat> i think it's time to look at different avenues different paths um you know obviously there might be this thing where maybe it's you got to go see a talk therapist or maybe you got to take care of your mental health type of situation a lot of the times it's um changing that perspective as well Um, but there are different ways to, to be able to tell like this, this isn't the path. I know for me, um, a really long time ago, um, back in my early twenties, I left California and I went to Colorado and Mm -hmm. I thought that that was like the thing for me. And there were so many signs, so many signs looking back that, uh, basically I got into a car accident, uh, three times in two weeks. Um, I, let's see, I had three jobs and things just weren't, like, I felt super misunderstood. I was always getting written up and I'm not that type of person either. Like, um, there were so many signs, like, I, I was getting in trouble. I was getting pulled over a lot. It just, I felt like I needed to come back to California and that's exactly what happened. And then once I got back, like things just started to fall into place. Like I found a job where I was at for 12 years and that's how I, I climbed the corporate ladder. And I went back to school and things just became easier. Not to say that I didn't experience pain or, you know, um, loss of relationships and like normal life things. But the things that happened to me in Colorado where it was like, just so crystal clear that, you know, things like that just don't happen. Um, and looking back, it's like, oh, I wish I would have listened to kind of like my gut and my intuition that I needed to just come back, but I was trying to make it work. And I really loved the people there and I loved the city and I felt so free there, but it just, it just wasn't for me.
1: <laughs> mm. Well, how do people start listening to their conscience? Cause it's there, but it's something like, and it's once you learn the practice, I'm sure you already know. It's, you get a voice on everything. Yeah. Whether you want to listen to that, it's on you, but it's always there, but some people just shut it out to the point where they, they can't trust themselves.
0: Yeah. How many
1: people do bring that back?
0: That's a huge one because I'm still looking for ways to continue to build my trust with myself, but that's the key to build trust with yourself. Things like if you say you're going to go to bed at 10, you go to bed at 10, mm. right? Because once you start betraying yourself, like how can you trust yourself? If you say you're going to stop eating carbs, you stop eating carbs, Um, right? Like you don't make those allowances for yourself. You stay true to yourself. The other thing that I like to teach people is we live in our heads. Like there's this voice in our heads. We're constantly talking to ourselves. So what I like to tell people is, To bring So whenever you have a thought like, how do I know that this is the right thing for me? Or how do I know I'm making the right choice? You bring those thoughts down into your body, Mm. right below your rib cage or near your belly button. And you start to feel out what does it feel like there? And you can start to ask yes or no questions. And you can start to feel into like what that feels like for you. Um, it's hard for me to describe, but I used to do it with like little things when I started my journey out, like, okay, if my husband asks, um, am I, do you want chicken or steak for dinner type of thing? Right? Like, okay, like, let me bring that down and like figure out what my body feel like is, is saying to me. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I would even use muscle testing in, in a way. Um, so muscle testing is when you kind of stand up. And you ask yes or no questions and you see, you ask a yes or no question that you know the answer to. So for example, I'll ask, is my hair black? And I see which way my body is swaying. That's a yes. Um, Am I seven feet tall? We know that that's a no. And so we see what way that body is swaying. And then you ask the question that you want to ask and you see what your body is telling you. Mm. And so then you start to really piece together. Like the longer you do that, if you do that every single day, you start to feel into like, oh, this is what that feels like. Yes, feels like this. No, feels this way, just naturally. And so then you're able to do it on the spot. Like, okay, is, you know, someone just asked me, can you help me move? I just feel into myself and it's like, mm, well, that doesn't align for me right now, but here is what I can do for you, right? Mm -hmm. Type of thing. So the more and more you practice, the better and better you get. Now, I will do a little bit of a PSA here and say, it's going to be frustrating at the beginning, but the point is to experiment and to continue it until you kind of feel yourself into it. And it, then it also starts to evolve. Like a lot of my gifts started opening up a little bit more, the more and more I was like consulting with my inner self, consulting Mm. with um, the me inside instead of my mind
1: hmm So whenever like a thought would come or like your intuition would come you be like, all right, this is me. And so you would just ask yourself a question, just let it travel down.
0: Yes. Oh. Yes. Let it come down. Like it feels really weird at first. It's like, oh, like I didn't know my stomach had anything to say about this. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Right. Well that's that's if science, that's where most of your thoughts generate. From what, what I know from my own understanding is you really get that, uh, thought in your stomach and then it travels to the mind or something yeah. like that. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. That's like healthy gut is so important.
1: Mm, mm. So just before we wrap it up, is there still any things that, uh, like even though you're, you're aligned with your purpose and you feel like you've, you know, overcome a lot, do you still have days where you don't want to do something, but you know you have to do it.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Just the other day, my husband really wanted to go golfing and I did not want to go golfing. <laughs> yeah. But it was our time to like be together and he wanted to be part of a tournament that required the wives. So we, I went and I made some really great friends. And, um, you know, it was a great time out on the course. Right. There are days when I have to sit down and write or days where I have to, you know, um do my finances uh, for my business. Like, God, I hate those days. But, you know, you still have to do them. So um, but I feel like I no longer procrastinate as much because I've I've dealt with a lot of the things that were allowing me to procrastinate. Once you start to really dig deep and it's going to hurt and it's going to be messy and it's not going to be sexy, um, right? Once you start to really unravel all of those things, you know, you start to kind of see the beauty that is life, the beauty that is this present moment. And you start
1: to really live in that present moment. So what a good question be like, why do I pronask- or procrastinate? What is it about me that procrastinates? What am I missing?
0: So what I've, yes, absolutely. Hmm. And what I've learned about procrastination is also, it, it is a trauma response. Really? It is a form of that freeze, right? It can, you know, whatever you're pro- procrastinating on can be so overwhelming, or there could be something that's triggering this freeze response. So when I procrastinate, I know that I am not an executive brain. I am in sur- Survival brain mm. and so i move myself out of that and into feeling that emotion so that's the other thing like so many of us and not all of us have been programmed to just suppress right and be stoic and not feel anything right don't cry right. You know, knock it off type of thing. And so retraining ourselves to really come back into that emotional brain and be like, why am I procrastinating? What is it about this? What am I suppressing? What am I trying not to feel? And you don't even have to feel that emotion. You just have to acknowledge that it's there. Like, okay, overwhelming fear, like stress, that's all there. And acknowledging it can be very helpful in allowing you to move forward um in doing whatever it is that you need to procrast—that you're procrastinating in.
1: Mm. What would you say to this? You know, because I know we've all been there. Is we the night before we plan out we're going to do this, this like some sort of business thing, and we're like we're hyper motivated to get it done. We go to bed, great, you know. We're, amped up. <laughs> Next morning, alarm goes off. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that anymore. What do you say to that?
0: Yeah. So if the alarm goes off, I would say if you're going straight into that thought, um recognizing it and then envisioning what you want your day to look like, what do you want that activity Ooh. to feel like, kind of go into like what we used to do as kids, which was fantasize. Like, I'm going to play with Timmy tomorrow. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to play kickball. We're going to, you know, chase each other and play freeze tag or whatever. Right. And we were envisioning these things as kids. So I would recommend you to envision what you want your day to feel like, what you want to what you want the end of the day to look like. And then to go straight into regulating. So mm. putting your hand over your heart, doing a couple of deep, um, centering breaths. Um, I just heard a really great analogy yesterday. It was breathe in the roses and blow out the candles, which is breathe in oh. like you breathing in roses and blowing out the candles. Right.
1: Mm. That
0: was really awesome. And, um, you know, doing a couple of those deep breaths and then going straight into grounding. So whether you can put your feet straight onto Mother Earth on grass or on dirt um, and just centering yourself and going back into that fantasy of like, this is what this day is going to look like. It's only going to take me X amount of time to finish this and then I can move on with my day and enjoy, you know, the glass of wine or or whatever, you know, time with my, my child or, or whatever the case may be. And so, um, instead of going into that, like dreadedness of what that task is going to feel like,
1: (laughs) Mm, mm. that's beautiful. Cause I, there's one thing that I feel like all people that start out on any business adventure that they're going to have to learn is those days are going to be more than not. And I know, like everybody likes to paint a picture, like it's all going to be roses. Like you're gonna love what you do. Everything's gonna be wonderful. It's gonna be a Zoloff commercial. Everybody's dancing around. Everything's working out. But it's like, no. So many times, you wake, you go to bed, you're hyper motivated to do a task, but then you wake up and you're like, oh no, no. The reality kicks in. You're like, yeah, it's gonna require your time. It's gonna require effort. And you got to do it.
0: I mean, the other thing to do also, which I do often is like, if I'm super motivated to do the task right now, I just knock it out
1: right Ooh, there. And I like that.
0: Because to schedule it and knowing that I might feel a different way. Um, but it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to do it right now because I feel super motivated. And that way it's off my list and I could do whatever I want tomorrow.
1: Wow. That's beautiful. You've just freed up more time. Yeah. To actually spend more for self-care which is, you know, getting a little bit of a relaxation, just, you know, not giving your mind something to do is self-care sometimes.
0: Yep, exactly.
1: I'm doing that. Well, I'm taking notes as we've we've done this. I love it. (laughs) Jassy, where can people find you at?
0: Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram, Krista Luna Vortex, or you can go to my website, www.krista-luna.com.
1: Nice. What's next for you?
0: Yeah, so I'm doing a 10-week Master Your Boundaries class starting September 7th, every Thursday from 4 p.m. Pacific time. Um, It is 10 weeks because I could definitely do it in two weeks. However, it takes time to change. Mm -hmm. And the course is really made... To understand our individual boundaries, to understand how to maintain them, to understand what they are, how to, how to create them. And also it gives you a sense of community. I have a ton of exercises and different modalities to try out and experiment with. And the class is really, the workshop is really infused with a certain frequency that will allow you to um, open up and start receiving and start to really stand in your power. I'm really excited to give this. Um, you can find it on the website under um, bookings um, or book book now. And it's called Master Your Boundaries. Um, we're going to be meeting every single Thursday for 10 weeks. And the reason why I started this in September is because the class will end November 9th, which is just in time for the holidays Mm. so you're you're going to learn all of these new skills and you're going to be able to put them into practice as the holidays approach and you're going to be able to say no and you're going to be able to speak to people in a certain way and have clear clearing conversations in a way that will allow you to stand in your power and be um the most authentic self um that you've ever been
1: Oh, that's beautiful. You also got a podcast if I'm not mistaken?
0: I do. Yes. Um uh, so I I have a podcast called Beyond Meditation Podcast. Um I have a co-host on that one, Anna Dow, and um together we interview uh different people from different paths, different modalities, a lot of healers. I also have a new podcast called Sacred Arts um, channel on YouTube, uh, where I do everything from the sacred to the practical. So for example, um, the latest one that's out there, I interviewed a sex coach and we talk oh, about sacredness right. of self pleasure and desire. And she has a lot of really amazing insights. Um, I had somebody come in and talk about organizing and cleansing your home, and so she talks about lots of tips and tricks on how to organize and how to feel better mentally from a space perspective, um, and then I have some other people coming on talking about kinesiology and, um, you know, different modalities that you guys can try out and just learn, um, so like I said, it's everything from the sacred to the practical, and i just having a lot of fun getting to know people and trying new stuff out
1: love it love it well jesse thank you so much for coming on i appreciate it very much
0: thank you so much this was such a great conversation
1: absolutely guys give it a follow and i'll see you guys on the next episode